very best Like no one ever was To catch them is my real test To train them is my cause That's right, Whisper Nation. The time has finally come for you to be the very best. You too can draft them all with the Fantasy Whispers Draft Kit. Complete with whispers, wannabes, tear jumpers, strength of schedule, player profiles, and so, so much more. You too can be a fantasy football master. Simply go to the fantasywhispers.com and enter your email for a free draft kit today. You are now listening to the Fantasy Whisper Podcast with your hosts, Johnny, Game Time Hicks, and Big Travi. Why, hello and welcome to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. That's Big Travi and I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks and we're here to give you that fantasy football fix. Episode 19, Travis, finally here. We can taste the football in the air. We got preseason week three games this weekend, which is known by many people and beloved by fantasy People like ourselves who just hunger for the real thing. This is the closest thing we're going to get. What are you looking forward to this weekend, Travis? A lot of key battles in the positions, a lot of running back battles, a lot of wide receiver battles, especially with the Cardinals. We're going to talk a little bit about a wide receiver battle that I think is actually showing its true cards tonight. If you guys heard Johnny at the top of the show, you heard about the draft kit. Well, we are going to give away a couple nuggets from our draft kit now. And if you want that draft kit, just go to our website, type in your email. It's the fantasywhispers.com, and you can get a free draft kit to help dominate your league this year. But we're going to give away, Johnny, I'm really excited about this episode. We're going to give away a couple whispers, a couple yep. wannabes, and a couple guys we've changed our heart or changed our outlook on this year. So I'm really excited to dive into that. Um, both and, good and bad both good yes and bad. yes exactly we want to be able to tell the people hey we were kind of wrong uh, after initial thought on on a guy or two so i am pumped for this i think the people will be pumped to hear this and johnny we are a couple weeks away from the very best time of the year the beginning of the regular season of nfl football i'm stoked i'm jacked Oh man, I can just, it's, it's so close. I can just feel it. I just can't wait for it to be here. And I know it's going to be here before we know it, because I know as well as you know, that the next two weekends are jam packed with drafts. Both you and I are in and many, many people around the entire fantasy community. And if you have already draft, uh, had your draft, that's okay. Uh, continue to listen to us, but we have a wonderful piece by Austin Sear after the show. So make sure you tune into that. And he is going to be talking all about when you should have your fantasy draft and why it's so important to wait rather than have your fantasy draft early. But that's that's going to be awesome. That's in the Austin Sears piece right after the show. So make sure you tune into that. All right, Travis, got any last words before we jump into the show? No, brother, let's do it. We are going to go with our whisper. That's right. We're picking our top whispers that we might not have mentioned so far in any of our shows or someone that might have caught in our eye more specifically over the last few weeks. Travis, you want to kick this one off with your, your first whisper? I would love to, Johnny, and I'm going to kick it a little old school here, and I'm going to go with a quarterback. So 
I think that my whisper for everybody that's not hasn't seen the draft kit, you'll see I'm a high on a couple guys. One of them was last week's bromance, Matt Stafford. And the other guy is my whisper tonight, Johnny, and that's Marcus Mariota. Mm. I really expect big things for Mariota. If you just take a look for a second at the offensive coordinator, that's Matt LaFleur, okay? We've talked about him. He's come over from the Los Angeles Rams quarterback coach position, and now he's the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. And you like when a defensive guy like Mike Vrabel, who's the head coach of Tennessee, brings in an offensive mind, right? Because it means they're going to give him the keys a little bit more on offense. So really, you're going to see this guy kind of put Mariota in a lot of positions to be successful. And why? Because he runs a fast-paced offense. They're going to get more opportunities. And you're looking at a team last year who over – or actually the last two years – they were 28th and 28th again in pass attempt ranks, Johnny. They were also 22nd and 29th in play volume rank. And if you look at that stat, that predictive stat of if a team can make that jump or not, that stat is the unaccounted for air yards, right? Uh, Roto World, they do a nice piece on this. And their unaccounted yards from 2017 are 898, Johnny. That's 22nd in the league. They are going to be better. It's just how much better. They have improved weapons. We look at Corey Davis, who now reports are coming out today. They're using him all over the field from LaFleur, yeah. talking about him being in the slot. We love that because it means his snap count's going to go up. Right, Johnny? So he's going to be on the field more. I really like Marcus Mariota. We could get Delaney Walker back healthy. That would be even better. And I just think with both of those powerful running backs that they have in the backfield, where the defense is going to be kept guessing all the time, Mariota is set up really well for success this year. Yeah, Travis, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm definitely really high on this Tennessee offense as a whole. I expect them to be much better than they were last year. And, I mean, you, you brought up several great points. You know, you look at the adding factors. You look at their wide receiver class and how it's really kind of panning out. You know, they, they have Rashard Matthews there. They have the second-year Taiwan Taylor. Stringer. Sorry, yeah. Taiwan Taylor, thank you. And I really like what I see out of him. I came. You don't. You don't just like what you see. LeBron James loved what he saw because he was he was tweeting him or uh, I'm sorry, uh, commenting on it and on Instagram. Man, this was he was almost my whisper in all seriousness. I almost consider LeBron James. (laughs) Exactly. Yep, LeBron James. (laughs) With my whisper, I did decide to go in the wide receiver direction, and I wanted to point this out because we haven't really brought him up too much in the show, and I think that. You know, for people who uh, might not dive into the rankings as much as we do, I certainly want you guys to be monitoring this guy. He's grown leaps and bounds over just the last few weeks, even in ADP. He's been an ADP gobbler, and that's Marquise Goodwin, wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this guy really started to develop chemistry at the end of last season with Jimmy Garoppolo, and It's continued into this preseason, right? You look at his first game. He had one reception for 18 yards. Uh, They only played one series. You like to see that yardage way up there, right? 18 yards. That's a good chunk of of yardage on one catch. Uh, He did target him another time in that first game as well. But then you look at this second game, Travis, which is a little bit more time in that offense. They spent about, about the first quarter. And he had three for 61 yards on five targets. Now, as you'll find out a little bit later in one of my other segments, Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball, uh, threw the ball 12 times in that game. So you're t- talking that about getting a guy who's going to take up a 
large portion of that market share. I think Pierre Garcon is on his way out as far as age. I mean, he's still going to be relevant in that offense. They're still going to use him, uh, you know, kind of like they did last year. But Marquise Goodwin is the guy who's going to really bust out of this offense based on what I'm seeing. The only issue that I have at the moment is it's it's starting to get to the point where he's really starting to climb. And if you look at yeah, ADP, I was Travis, just going to say that. I think that yeah. we loved him a week ago, right? Or two weeks ago when his ADP was in the seventh or even the sixth. It's like now overnight he's in the fifth round. He has got to return that wide receiver to value for you in order right. – so he's got to almost hit his ceiling. Do I think that he's a top 10 guy, top 15 guy? Probably not. Top 25, yes, but he has to do it too. You know, you got to remember he's he's yeah. been in the league now for a while. Granted, that was on a bad Buffalo squad before. Yeah. He's had, you know, health history before. So those kind of things factor in, but I do love Goodwin this year. I'm with you. I think he's a great whisper pick. Definitely. All right, Travis, you want to jump into our next section here, and that's going to be the whoa, 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 wannabes for yeah. the fantasy whispers. Forgive me, fantasy father, for I have sinned. Yeah, my confession here is that Ronald Jones is my wannabe. Oh. And I, I just, you know, it took everything to not make him my change of heart, but I've basically done a 180 on Ronald Jones. And the thing was, is I... I could make up for the fact that he wasn't used as a pass catcher in college because of how electric he was in college. We mentioned how elusive he was, how good he was on inside and outside zone runs, and how this was going to fit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so well. Well, one thing hasn't, you know, one but somebody hasn't got that uh, note. Actually, two people haven't got that note. One of them's Peyton Barber, who won't get out of the way, and two. Mm -hmm. Ronald Jones hasn't gotten the, the hint either because he has not been good. He has does not have soft hands. And so you just kind of feel like, I don't know if he can turn this around. And so for me, Johnny, especially with his ADP at where it's at, still kind of high. The line is not looking strong. It's ranked number 22 from pro football focus going into the league. And if you look at these tough defenses, they got to play in the NFC South, New Orleans twice, Carolina twice, Atlanta twice. I mean, you and I would agree that those are tough defenses to try and run against six different times in the year. So for mm -hmm. me, Ronald Jones is my wannabe. I feel, I say this with a heavy heart. Do I think he's still got value in dynasty leagues? Yes. I think he's going to be good in this league. He just needs to work on some things and I don't think it's going to be this year. Yeah. And I mean, it, it really doesn't help Travis when you have the head coach or one of the coaches on the coaching staff come out and be like, yeah, there was a reason why Ronald Jones only had, so many receptions in college. I mean, that's not that's not good news to hear. No. Um, I I've been on the the Peyton Barber you know bandwagon for a while, and then we saw today as well that they put Charles Sims on the PUP list. Expect Peyton Barber's ADP currently in like the eleventh round right now. I know I've swooped him up in uh, several mock drafts late in rounds. Expect that to go way up now, especially with this news. Well, I don't know when you I don't know when you check, Johnny, but it has even gone up from there. It's in the ninth round now. So yeah. I think I think that it will continue to rise, like you say. I think that's the point Johnny's making here. If you blink for a day on Peyton Barber, mm -hmm. and I honestly think that's what what makes Jones ADP so high right now, is people get hyped on a guy in offseason, right? At the beginning of the offseason, they don't do their due diligence and listen to the fantasy whispers 
or maybe they didn't download the Fantasy Whispers draft kit, which you can get at thefantasywhispers.com. But if they're not doing their due diligence, then they're missing out on the fact that the steady drumbeat out of Tampa Bay has been Peyton Barber has had this backfield as his, hasn't given it up, and Jones has not done himself any favors. Like Johnny said, you blink for a second, that ADP skyrockets. Be ready. If you're drafting this weekend, be ready to take Peyton Barber maybe a little bit earlier than you thought you would have had to before. Yeah, I mean, it'll still be a solid, solid pick. I think, Travis, if you want to, what would you say would be the highest ultimately that you're willing to pay up for Peyton Barber? Probably in the seventh. I think that's where he'll wind up by the time the regular season's around. You know, maybe borderline six, depending on how in trouble you are at running back. I know that if you go no running back or you go upside down, as we like to call it, and you're looking at stacking a bunch of these question mark running backs, one guy I'm targeting is Peyton Barber especially from the seventh to the ninth uh, round region. He is a guy you can scoop up and feel good about at least for the first three weeks of the season. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. I was going to say seventh round as well. So definitely, definitely look for Peyton Barber. My wannabe is going to be a little bit shocking here. And I'm 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 expecting a little bit of booze and a little bit of question mark looks on, on people's faces, Travis. But my wannabe is quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I know, Travis, you're saying, wait a second. Didn't you just rant and rave about how good Marquise Goodwin was going to be? And if Marquise Goodwin's going to be good, doesn't that Wait a second, Johnny. Didn't you just rave about Marquise Goodwin? I did. I did, in fact. However, what I'm going to say is just because a wide receiver is good doesn't mean their quarterback is good, right? Ask Larry Fitzgerald's quarterbacks. Am I right? Okay. Hopkins. Exactly. Thank you. So the reason why I am saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is a wannabe right now is if you look at his ADP, he's going top 10 uh, amongst quarterbacks, which is just insane. He's got a lot of guys after him that are way more proven than he is going after him in drafts way way later in rounds. And I just don't understand it. If you look at the first... Even not so proven, but more upside, wouldn't you say? Like, think about my whisper, not to plug my whisper again, but Marcus Mariota, right? If you're looking at Mariota and Garoppolo, would you say that Mariota's got more upside? Probably because of the rushing, you know? Yes, I I 100% agree with that. And it's not just a feeling that I have. Travis, if you watch the gameplay, all right, his first first game in preseason, he went three for six, which was a very short drive, but still 50% is, uh, they, they didn't get the first down, right? The second game, now, if you just look at the stats, you just which you you should never do if you're just scouting preseason. Don't just look at the stats. It's so misleading. And this is a pure example reason why. He went 10 for 12 in his second game. Now, that if you look at the stats on that, you're going to say, wow, that's really efficient. Why are you so down on him? Well, in his first first game, the yards per the average yards per per pass completion, excuse me, try saying that five times fast, is <laughs> five points was 5.7. Very, very minimal. Okay. The second game was better, but it was still only 11.3. Now I don't like what I see there because when I was watching a lot of the game film, what it was, was a lot of bootleg out and they tend to open the tight end up a lot uh, and, and do dink and dunks. Now that's good for the tight end Kittle. I am rising on Kittle. And, you know, like I just said, good win, because that's when they can kind of break off their routes and get free and, and get massive chunks. 
However, the problem is Jimmy Garoppolo was doing a lot more dinking and then dunking than throwing down the field. When you looked at his down the field targets, he had four. He connected yeah. on two. Do you know the only two receptions that went above 15 yards? Do you know who they went to? Goodwin. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So another reason why I love Goodwin and Jimmy Garoppolo, once they get into the red zone, he just lacks a lot of uh, red zone depth and, and red zone targets there. There's not many people over six, six one. I think Goodwin's the tallest one, and he's 6'1". Um, so I, I, that, that part concerns me. So if I'm looking at, uh, you know, quarterbacks and especially one that's going super early, I would rather wait. I think he's a wannabe. I don't think he's going to end up in the top 10 where he's currently being drafted right now. Yeah. I think you hit all the points that I would want to make on Jimmy Garoppolo and that's draft stock too high. He did not score a lot of touchdowns. You look at the seven games that, or I'm sorry, the five games that he was in last year, only seven touchdowns in those five games. So not a lot of touchdown threat, like you said. And so for me, he, yes, he killed him with yardage, but yardage for quarterbacks is not scored relatively high compared to running backs and wide receivers in fantasy, as we know. And so, yes, I'm with you. I think the guy we talked about earlier in the year when we were ranking quarterbacks, his ADP was high and we were talking about the pros and cons. It's settled back down. You can kind of see that with our projections, which we've done and we have for you in the draft kit, um, with those projections, you're able to stay honest. And you see Garoppolo probably not going to crack that top 10 this year. All right, Travis, we're going to our I don't I don't want to end this on a bad sour note. Our show. Okay. So so okay. we're going to do we're going to do changes of heart for the good first and and or sorry, for the bad and then we'll jump to changes of heart for the good, all right? So I like want to jump in here for the change of heart bad. Yeah, and so here's the thing. You know, last week if you caught our show, we did our bromances and my bromance at the quarterback position is Matt Stafford. And my biggest case for Matt Stafford is this is probably the best wide receiving core he's ever had. But with that means that targets are going to have to go away. And so for me, I don't think you can rely on Golden Tate as much as you've been able to over the last four years in Detroit. I think with the emergence of Kenny Galladay, Tate's age is obviously getting up there. And the preseason has shown us that the Lions are now using Kenny G in two wide receiver sets over Tate. So, yes, mm -hmm. he's got those 90 catches in each of the last four seasons, but they haven't had the receiving talent that they currently have in Detroit. And none other than Golden Tate himself was quoted saying that Kenny Galladay could be a number one wide receiver on any other team. So, yes, that's hype from another player. That's his teammate. That's his boy. But I'm just, all the signs for me, Johnny, are pointing to regression for Golden Tate and an ascension of Kenny Galladay. And an overall ascension of Matt Stafford, of course. But for me, I think, and, and with the running game improved, I don't think that they'll need to dink and dunk their way down the field as much. I think that they're going to be set up to take more shots with improved running back play out of LeGarrette Blunt and carry on Johnson. I think the biggest stat that you just pointed out was the fact that they're already starting to go away from Tate a little bit, right? They're, they're putting Kenny G, you know, out there on the two wide receiver sets. Now, my question for you, Travis, coming off of this is, what do you see the true effect that Kenny G doesn't have, not necessarily on Tate, but on Marvin Jones? Are you lowering your expectations for Marvin Jones? Or 
and or and, and we could turn this into a, a two-part question in the fa- and who would you rather have knowing the draft stock value right now would you rather pay up a little bit more marvin jones is currently going around the fifth to sixth round and then and then kenny g is going much much later more of a wide receiver stash which one would you rather do currently if you were drafting today would you take marvin jones or take the draft value and and maybe the upside in Galladay? Well, there's a couple nice running backs that are going around Marvin Jones in Rex Burkhead, Deion Lewis, even Rashad Penny, whose value has dipped a little yeah. bit because of the injury, but he's starting to make his way back. So for me, if you, it obviously depends on roster construction, but if you're sitting there and you're going, I need a running back more than I need Marvin Jones, I can wait and scoop up Kenny Galladay. I think it's, I think it's safe to do that. If I look at my projections for Detroit, I've got Marvin Jones at over a thousand yards, but I have Kenny Galladay knocking on the door with 900 yards. So I wow, think that, okay. yeah, I, I, I maybe a little bit higher in the industry than Kenny Galladay, but the two wide receiver set thing really, and these aren't final projections for the year, but the two wide receiver set thing really means something. It, it usually translates to snaps in the year. And so for me, what I would like to do is take a look at the third preseason game that they're playing and really see the distribution again, because they, the Lions have done a little funky things. And I'm, I'm willing to come down maybe on uh, Galladay if they work more in the dress rehearsal, but I like Galladay I, this year. I don't, I don't hate that projection. And I'll tell you why right now I currently have them at 77 receptions for just under 800 yards and five touchdowns. Now, that was before the news came out today about him running as the twos. So right right now I have Golden Tate as the market share, you know, the second market share there with, um, excuse me, with with 19 percent and Kenny G with 13. I might I might get that a little bit more even do 15, 15. And yeah, you're I've looking actually, right around those stats. I've actually swapped them and kind of, I, and this is just, this is my take. You know, I, I'm drawing a line in the sand here based on some of the things I've seen. And so for me, I've switched it. I've got 18% for Galladay, 16% for Tate. And the reason I'm doing this is you've got, we got to remember that somewhere around 80 targets left with Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. So there yeah. is going to be more ability in the passing game. And who better to take that than a big-bodied physical wide receiver like Kenny Galladay? All right. I'm going to move on to my changes of heart for the bad. And that's Jay Ajayi. And wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, and I'm okay. going to say here's the reason why. We saw – and I'm, I'm going to lay out the positive here, right? I'm just going to lay it on the table. Jay Ajayi comes to the Philadelphia Eagles and from weeks 13 to weeks 20, and yeah, I said 20, I'm counting the playoffs. Each single week, we saw his carries increase significantly. He went from 12 to 16 to 14 to 16 to 18 and then 21. Now that's wonderful. And then you, you look at it to see what Wendell Smallwood did tonight in the preseason game. Smallwood had a very good game. I'm not saying that Jay Ajayi can't have a good game or that he won't end up at the end of the year as a top running back. For me, it has to do with two major things, and that's why I have a change of heart, right? We didn't see Jay Ajayi at all this entire preseason, so we really don't know what this timeshare is going to be. 
And that's the major factor. We already know what Corey Clement can do out of the backfield. We already project that Sproles is going to come back, and they've already said he's going to have a role in this third down as a third down running back. So just how many carries is he going to get? And that's the big question. That's what everyone's asking. And then if, if I do presume he's going to get that number one backfield, I do see him being productive. I think that he is a very talented running back. The problem is I haven't seen it, and I don't want to guess at what he's going to get, especially, and this is the biggest part for me, Travis, we talk about draft stock value. You're looking at a guy who's going in the third round right now. To and be fair, it's the end things, of the third. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, get, yeah I get what you're yeah, saying, though, for it, sure. You know, it, so Still. just saying the end of the third round, you're looking at pretty good wide receivers there. Diggs, Thielen, Hill, sometimes Eric, Baldwin, Hill, is that, you know, yeah. like a lot of these guys, we know what they're going to be. So when you're talking about, you know, drafting, you want to hit on those first four picks or be as solid as can be on those first four picks. Well, and to me, Jay Ajayi is a very, very risky pick now. Now, don't get me wrong. He could be, and that's why I just did him as a change of heart and not a wannabe, right? Yeah. I did him as a change of heart because I came into the season saying, JHI is going to be a monster. He's he looked so good last year. I love how the touches increased, and then I just I haven't seen anything. Right, right, yeah. and I and I just haven't seen anything from him. So it just makes me nervous and cautious. So that's why he was my change of heart because I was so pumped and amped for him coming into this initially coming into the season, and then it's just nothing. We haven't heard any news. Nothing come out about JHI at all. So right. that's why he's a change of heart. All right, we're going to we're going to end it. Oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask you like you mentioned Adam Thielen there, and maybe even Tyreek yeah. Hill up yeah. against Jay Ajayi, and maybe it has to do with your roster at the time, but for me, keep based on usage, your your argument is usage for Jay Ajayi in the preseason, right? We haven't seen enough yet. Right. I haven't seen anything out of Thielen yet. That makes me want to say I'm going to take okay. Jay, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Me, Thielen is a guy, if we were doing a whole segment on change of heart, he's a guy I bet I, I would say is a change of heart candidate or an honorable mention, if you will. So just yeah. a, a food for thought. Depends on your roster, but there are guys that you said, Johnny, that are down there, like Royce Freeman, who is now in the same area. I think okay, we know you, Royce Freeman is yeah. the guy. After we're done with this little segment, we will be doing our, our fun, like, would you rather game. Okay. But I'm going to I'm gonna start just one real quick since we, since we got it here. We're on topic. Right going right around each other. So Freeman, Collins, or, or Jay Ajayi, where are you going right now? Uh, Collins. Collins, for me, is a guy that – I, you know, you don't want to believe it in your heart. Something tells you, ah, this doesn't look right. And maybe it's still the fact of his fifth round draft pick that got cut from Seattle. And you're like, oh my God, like, I just think he's not that good, but he was good last year, man. And they didn't sign anybody else. And Kenneth Dixon can't stay healthy or do anything good in this preseason. And they still haven't signed anybody else. So for me, they hate Jarvis, Javaris Allen. Yeah, Buck they, Allen. They hate him. Buck Allen. They they hate him. They won't give him the workhorse back. So, yeah, so I just think for me, Alex Collins is the guy to own in that grouping because, one, the offensive line in Baltimore is one of the better ones in the league. Two, last year they were dominant as far as a run game, even with Marshall Yonda out. 
So they were top five in a lot of categories as far as running backfield. So for me, it's Alex Collins. And I'll be preaching that till the cows come home pretty much. So moving on, though, to my change of heart, Johnny, and in the good nature. And you, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, I know, because honestly, as draft stock's not very good as it is, and people are worried, Ooh. and I'm a Green Bay Packer fan, but Jimmy Graham is my change of heart for the better. Ooh. Coming into this year, I all, you know, trust me, as a Packers fan, I know we have never used the tight end very efficiently. We, you know, have always thrown to the wide receivers in the red zone. But for me, we have never had a talent. And you can say Martellus Bennett last year, but we he was on his way out. We can see that now. For me, we've never had a talent like Jimmy Graham. So Jimmy Graham is my change of heart. And the idea here is that all of Jordy Nelson's, you know. So the idea here is that what, Johnny? That all of Jordy Nelson's work is going to go to Devontae Adams, like all of it? I mean, if you look at the two years, right, where both Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams were on the field with a healthy Aaron Rodgers. Jordy led the league in red zone looks in those years with 32 and scored 14 touchdowns. Adams led the le- or Adams had 23 looks and scored 12 touchdowns. I'm sorry, that's two years ago, not for a two-year total. That was two years ago. Yeah. The bottom line is that Rodgers can have multiple double-digit touchdown weapons in a single se- season. And I hear the concerns about game speed and yards per catch. But straight from the horse's mouth, and the horse in this case is Aaron Rodgers, he was saying that the 2011 offense that the Packers had was very dynamic. But this year, we have the X factor in Jimmy. He understands defenses so well. He can catch anything, and he's impossible to cover. He also said this guy understands the game as well as just about anybody we've had around here. And he says the same category as John Kuhn or Jordy Nelson. And then your boy, Tony Romo, says, people don't understand. You're going to see old school Jimmy Graham. With him paired with Aaron Rodgers, you're going to see a little different animal in the red zone that will be almost unstoppable. So for me, Johnny, call it hype, call it fluff, call it what you will. Aaron Rodgers has an elite talent at the tight end position. He goes where elite talent is, or he makes elite talent out of people. Why would you not hedge your bet here on Jimmy Graham? I've projected him now, and I think he's my third or fourth ranked tight end based on these new projections, based on what I've believed to be true coming out of preseason here. And so for me, I'm skeptical because of the tight end usage, but that skepticism is gone. The change of heart is here, and he's my top five tight end for a reason. I like Jimmy Graham a lot now. My only concern is just draft capital, right? I buy into what you're saying. I buy into the fact that Aaron Rodgers loves him. I buy into the fact that they are going to slot him outside one-on-one and just throw it up and have him go get it. Uh, He's not as athletic as he used to be. He's not going to be able to go and quite get it at its high point like he used to be able to. However, the majority of cornerbacks these days are like 5'10". It's rare that you get one over six feet tall. So you're looking at an extreme height advantage. And with Aaron Rodgers' accuracy, can you just imagine, just imagine this, if if Rodgers can get that chemistry down, the, the back shoulder fade down with Jimmy Garoppolo or with, uh, <laughs> Whoa. with Jimmy Graham. <laughs> what a crazy, what that would be nuts. Uh, no, with, with Jimmy Graham, that's going to be nearly unstoppable. Like you, well, like you were just saying. And I don't have those quotes in front of me, but just to your point, Jimmy Graham has already come out and said his back shoulder throw is unbelievable. 
So this is yeah. a guy who played with both Russell Wilson and Drew Brees and is realizing that no offense to those guys because they're cream of the crop too. This is the best guy maybe to ever throw the football in Aaron Rodgers. I mean, just look at the guys going around Jimmy Graham. I know you said draft capital, but Chris Hogan, on Johnson. I love on, but this is way too high of draft stock. Allen Robinson and your boy Marquise Goodwin. For me, obviously depends on what you're doing at tight end, but I think he's okay right there, especially if he if he gets those double-digit touchdowns, man. That could yeah. be the game changer. I mean, if you're talking about guys that can touch the Gronk tier, if Jimmy Graham, if all things go right, Jimmy I mean, Graham is a guy that before. can do that. Exactly. He's that's done it before, so it's not, it's not out of the realm. It's just, is he still have it at his age? Speaking of, uh, this is kind of funny, Travis, because not only is your change of heart a tight end, but my change of heart is also a tight end. And that is David Njoku, right, from the Cleveland Browns. I will tell you why it was a change of heart for the good. And that's because when when we came into this season, I knew that David Njoku had a great year last year. I knew that he led the league for targets uh, for a tight end uh, in, as a rookie. I still wondered what kind of production he might have, considering all the value and all the, the weapons that Tyrod now has around him, as well as, if you want to say, Baker Mayfield, whenever he eventually gets on the field. Good news that came out so far with Tyrod Taylor. So that we'll, we'll see what it looks like. He was still favoring that arm and that hand when he came back into the game. However, getting away from the point here, I just thought that there were too many targets for David Njoku to kind of have an impact and be fantasy relevant. Well, boy, was I wrong, right? We saw it in the first game. He came down with two touchdowns. Now, I understand. Exactly, and that's the main point I want to make is we saw it with both quarterbacks which makes me super safe when i'm when i'm thinking about drafting and joku which is going way late in rounds you're talking 12th round pick for Njoku. uh sometimes later if you're in you know like a more competitive league that kind of knows what they're doing then you're talking even later than that so for me i saw exactly what i wanted to see in that first precinct game that both of the quarterbacks will target him He's a physical freak. He's monstrous. If you watch any of the Hard Knocks shows on HBO, I mean, it, it seems like every other scene is him without a shirt on. Good <laughs> gravy. That guy is jacked. And, Whoa, uh, Johnny, Johnny, bromances were last week, bro. Yeah, right. I'm almost like, in all honesty, I really kind of wish I would have chosen him as my tight end bromance because I think he has that ability, right? Yeah. We don't know what uh, Flash Gordon is going to do. We don't know how he's going to be. Now, we can only speculate. We can only wish and dream and imagine because of what he did in the past. Uh, I do have my concerns with Josh Gordon. And then you, you like, look Johnny, at... This is for another show, but I just want to say right. this. Like, you talk about his past, okay, but you can't discredit what he did last week or last year, and that was recent. Coming back from all this time off, he gets in, and he kills it for the time he's in with garbage. At, no offense to Deshaun Kaiser. He's on my Packers. But Deshaun Kaiser <laughs> was garbage at the quarterback position last, last year. You know, do you know what wide receiver Josh Gordon finished? If you just take... The, the games where he played. So 13 through 16. Do you know what he finished at that? Why don't you tell, why don't you tell me and the Whisper Nation? Wide receiver 25. Okay. So outside so of a, a wide four receiver. four years with, off, he comes back and he's wide receiver 25. So I think 
right. think, like I'm just saying, I, now he's going to have a full off season. He's in great, he's in great physical shape again, and he's with a quarterback that is leagues better. Wouldn't you say is leagues better than Deshaun right. Kaiser, well, especially with the deep ball? Here's the thing: if Irod is the quarterback, then yes. If, if Baker Agreed. is the quarterback, then it's it's not his game yeah, style. Of course, to, if, to if Baker's the, the quarterback, so, you upgrade your boy Najoku. If Baker's the quarterback, you upgrade Jarvis Landry. Both of those skill sets yep. fit. Bless right. them. Yeah. Uh, yep. that's, yeah. That's, I, mean, that's, I like Najoku. To get back to your point, I love yeah. Najoku. I think he's going to be. I think he's a great change of heart to have. I hope that you're not like getting a little too much into the HBO hard knocks bias here because you love, you love Jarvis, you love Najoku now. So just remember to kind of, you know, you know, uh, it'll come back to earth and that's what we do this for. If you guys check out our projections, it's not like we're high up. It's not like Johnny saying, you know, Joku is going to be the top five tight end this year. Exactly. You can get those projections on our website. If you download the free draft kit at the fantasy whispers.com, Johnny, are we going to play a little yes. Would You Rather? Oh, I would love to. I All would right. absolutely Let's love to. All right. I'm going to kick this off here, Travis, with a little wide receiver trio, and I want you to rank these in order that you would take them, okay? So all going back to back to back on ADP as far as wide receivers. So A.J. Green, Mike Evans, or T.Y. Hilton? Okay. So I'm going to go T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans and AJ Green. And I'm going to tell you why. I think TY Hilton is a one for me because we see a guy that can touch the yardage level of the elite at the position when Andrew Luck is on the field. He's led the league in yardage when the when Andrew Luck is on the field. So I think TY Hilton's upside as far as for yardage is great. I don't think his upside's better than Mike Evans because Mike Evans has finished number 2 at the position. But because mm-hmm. of some of the weapons that are around Mike Evans, that's why I've kind of downgraded him in this argument. So T.Y. Hilton, then Mike Evans, and A.J. Green. And the reason I say A.J. Green third, I love A.J.'s talent. It's more about the depth of, obviously, the position. So there's that. And I know that Andy Dalton peppers him. But it, if John Ross is doing you know well, like the, beat, the, the steady drumbeat out of Cincinnati is that John Ross is here. I mean, they let go the veteran oh, wide receiver. Uh, yeah, LaFell. LaFell, Brandon LaFell. So obviously yeah. Ross is in a better spot than he was last year. I don't think it's going to take a terrible amount away from A.J. Green. I still have them in close to the same tier. But, yes, give me T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans, then A.J. Green. Next one, we'll switch over to the end, by, uh, just for two cents added. I have them ranked the exact same way as you do in that, or in T.Y., then, and then Mike Evans, then A.J. We're going to jump over to the running back position here. Going at the end of the fourth round and beginning of the fifth, we have Mark Ingram, Marshawn Lynch, and Carrion Johnson. Now, let's remember that Mark Ingram is suspended for the first four games. They have a bye in week six. So going into week seven, you will only be able to have played Mark Ingram one time. And guess what? He's probably going to be a little bit rusty in that one game. Don't be disappointed if he comes back and kind of gives a little bit of a stinker there. So you need to be super confident if you're drafting Mark Ingram. Travis, how do you have these guys ranked? Where are you choosing if you are on the board right now? You needed a running back or you need to at least add a, some was, running back depth. Who is the third so running back, Johnny? Carry on Johnson. Your, your, uh, yeah. your guy, carry on Johnson. You would do this to me, man. Of course You'd I would. Sneak him in there. 
Uh, I'm going to take Marshawn Lynch. He's the only guy we know is the number one starter right now. Carry on Johnson. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Detroit is starting Amir Abdullah right now. So what the heck are they doing? I don't mm-hmm. know. That's why I'm really interested in that Detroit third preseason game. But back to this. I love Ingram. I think that stock is too high for a guy, like you said, that by week seven, you've only played him once. You can make up for a guy with a four-game suspension if all four of his games are in that first four of the season. If he doesn't have a buy mixed in there, then you're, you're looking to scramble around. And so for me, yes, the beginning of the year is easier to make up for, but not when it's almost half the year, Johnny. So yeah. for me, buy kind of really troubles troubles me there. So I actually am taking carry on Johnson ahead of Mark Ingram. And yeah. that's because of the the play style. And I think I think we're getting close here to carry. I mean, carry on Johnson has done things in the passing game that make you think he can play all three downs. Mm-hmm. And he runs like an Arian Foster at times. And you're like, this guy is special. So yes, yeah. I think Theo Riddick's going to be annoying and Garrett Blunt's going to be annoying. But I think there are going to be games where you, like, especially in best ball, I love on Johnson. I think there's just going to be games where he pops off. But give me Lynch first. He is a number one running back in a John Gruden offense. I'll take that. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm taking, you know, Marshawn Lynch was one of my bromances. Of course, I've got to go with Marshawn Lynch. And then I would, I would tend to go carry on just because I am a little bit more conservative and, and waiting half the season. And like, and I just also want to touch on the point that you made, cause I think it was a very valid one. And that's the, the fact that like did the bye week comes at a very bad time, right? Like I would almost, I would almost rather the bye be week five. So that yeah. way we know like, all right, he's going to be integrated all this bye week. They're going to, you know, get him in there and then, you know, Week six comes around and then you're good to go, right? It's almost like a teaser and it's not even going to be a good teaser because I don't expect him to do a lot in that game. So, uh, yeah, I have him this, the same way. I It's crazy that I'm saying carry on Johnson ahead of Mark Ingram. But Welcome. like you said, yeah, yeah, I do like his talent. I like his talent a lot. All right, Travis, we're going to go another wide receiver trio here. And I know we've debated this amongst ourselves back and forth, but never on live on the mic. And that's going to be Amari Cooper, Juju Smith, or my guy, Larry Fitzgerald. So you got you got high upside and you got steady Eddie. I'm going to take Amari Cooper, Juju Smith-Schuster, and then Larry Fitzgerald. No disrespect to Larry Fitzgerald, but every week he's going to get you 8 to 10, right? You can count on it. That's going to be there. It's steady. He's never going to give you these 15, 20-point games. I mean, uh, I wouldn't say never. I wouldn't say never, but he's rarely going to give you those games. He'll have yeah. 2 to 3 in the game. He's anyway. rarely going to do it. Right. Juju Smith-Schuster and yeah. Amari Cooper have ridiculous upside, yeah. especially – I would say Smith-Schuster if an Antonio Brown goes down. If Antonio Brown goes down, you're talking about maybe one of the best wide receivers in the league on any given week in Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, uh, but for the reason that Amari Cooper is the number one in a John Gruden offense, like we said again, I'm taking Amari Cooper above Juju Smith-Schuster. All right. I would would agree. Um, It's tough, right? Amari Cooper is doing it to us again. I mean, this is the same story as last year, right? You're like, Oh my God, he's got to break out. He's got to break out. It, I think there's a there's a universe, Johnny, where next year we're saying Amari Cooper is Devontae Parker. 
where yeah. every year that's we're hyped a, yep. to see this guy Ooh, perform and he scary, doesn't do it. it. It is scary, that's but scary. I will say this. I think Cooper is more of a physical specimen than Parker. Cooper is, I think Cooper is more talented than Devar- Devontae Parker. I'm just saying some of the narrative could be the same. And so for me, yes, Cooper's scary. But God, that upside is legit, man. All right. One last one and we'll get we'll get out of here. This one's a tough one. Like I'm talking, this is nasty. All right. Bring all it right. on. I ain't scared. Chris Carson. Chris Carson. This is, these are going back at the sixth round, early seventh. Chris Carson, Sony Michelle, or Marlon Mack. Give me Sony Michelle. Okay. And the reason Why? I say the reason I say this is because when you look at the rushing over the last three three years or so, the rushing that comes out of New England, that pie is bigger than almost every other team. Okay, so if you cut up chunks of that pie, it's still bigger than entire teams outputs. And so for me, New England is a you want a piece of that backfield. So if you didn't get Rex Burkhead ahead of him and you're and you're sitting down there and you're between those guys. Listen, Seattle line, I have real issues with real Mm -hmm. issues. I think Chris Carson is the starter. I think Rashad Penny has a good shot of overtaking him just based on talent. So I think that don't I don't want Carson. And then Marlon Mack is part of a committee of backs with a guy who has a heritage of using four backs at times. Mm-hmm. So, and we, we got Christine Michael just sitting there out of nowhere. This guy will not yeah. refuse, refuses to not be talked about in fantasy football. Right. He's just like, he just wants to be a pain in our rear end every year. Yeah. So in the order, I would say, Sony Michelle, Chris Carson, and then Marlon Mack. Right, the I'm upside's gonna, gonna, just too good yeah. there in New England, man. Here's uh, I'm going to actually pivot a little bit for you. Um, I will say Sony Michelle is my number one pick there because of the upside, because of the offense, because of the ability. You liked the way Marlon Mack looked in that preseason game, don't you? Yes, I'm going I, to I go one, and, and 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 here's the thing. I understand and I and I completely agree with the fact that, yeah, he's going to use multiple backs and he's going to it's not going to be clear how many carries Marlon Max going to get in any given day. But what I do see is value in that offense. I think that that offense could be better than that improved. Do you think it'll be that improved? I, I think that with Andrew Luck, yes, it, it's 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 more so the the offense as well as how much that that offensive line in Seattle scares me, as well as the fact that I I'm not writing a penny out of this. I'm not. I think that. He is going to, by the end of the year, be the starting white running back for Seattle. And so for me, it would just be a, a essentially a three, maybe four-week rental of Chris Carson going in the sixth round. I think that I have a higher chance of landing Marlon Mack as a timeshare leader in, in, in an offense and an offensive line that is much better than the Seattle offensive line. So, and I just think that Seattle's going to be down a lot more than the Colts are going to be down. So I think that they're not going to be able to run the ball. Maybe. I think they're kind of similar situations. Both defenses are depleted. Seattle's defense may be a little bit better just because of some of the residual pieces that are left from the old team than, you know, Indy's defense. So I would actually tend to disagree with you on that fact. I think Indy's defense 
um, is going to be worse. And I think they'll be running. And like for a guy that Mac who only caught around 20 balls last year, yeah. uh, I don't know. But I mean, the, the Naheem Hines fumbleitis. that's yeah. the other thing that concerns me about Sony Michel. He's had a ton of fumbles already. Agreed. You, you need touchdowns uh, to win fantasy games and in, they're not going to put him in around the goal line. If he's fumbling, if he keeps fumbling. So, all right, that's it. In the seventh round. And we've talked about this before, Johnny, in that, in those rounds, you want to be taking dart throws. So would you say that the highest upside is Sony Michelle? Absolutely. 100%. And I think that's why I would slightly edge on the, on the side of Marlon Mack, because I think that he upsides a little higher than Chris Carson. Yeah, exactly. Great, great summarize there. All right. That's it for today's show. Again, if you have a draft this weekend or next weekend, check out the fantasy whispers draft kit. It's absolutely free. All you got to do is go over to our website, thefantasywhispers.com. Get your Fantasy uh, Whispers draft kit for free. Just enter your email address. Super easy. It gets emailed directly to you within seconds. And you get all the awesome stuff that we stated in the beginning of this show. You get all of that for free. That's it. So make sure that you check that out as well as enjoy this next little segment piece by Austin Sear. That's going to be his Wisp perspective of this week. So so make sure you check that out. Like always, thank you all for joining us. I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks. That's Big Travi. You can catch us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Download the latest podcast. Oh, hey. I didn't see you there. You must be stopping by for another Wisp perspective. I'm Austin Sear. Let's talk about the best time to draft. Now, I know many of you in the Whisper Nation have already completed your 2018 drafts, so the next 75 seconds are going to serve as a drawn-out I told you so, or like watching a Food Network program after you burnt the enchiladas. But let's break it down. This is a simple conversation. When's the best time to draft? As late as your league possibly can. Why? Injuries and updates. Listen, there are few things worse in fantasy football than investing a high early round pick on a caliber player like a Jordy Nelson in 2015 or a Jamal Lewis in 2001 just to watch those stars go down in August painfully and slowly. Kind of like those aforementioned enchiladas. Teams also begin to take shape as the preseason progresses. As rosters update, sleepers emerge, and your map to fantasy success becomes even more clear. Of course we're all eager though to have our squads as early as possible. But what good does it do when the points in preseason don't matter, but the injuries do? Listen, I get the, but I want it now feeling. Don't be a Veruca Salt, though. Be a Charlie Bucket. Patience is your golden ticket. Thanks for stopping by to hear this perspective. I'm all sincere. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers.